Blog Talk Radio.
I've been to a lot of family shows, y'all. Those uh, friends of uh, Five Smooth Stones, uh, I want to welcome you again to uh, another show. And like I said, this is our 300th show. So tonight, tonight, what's coming your way is, y'all know I have this new rule where I like to read the description of the show. So let's go ahead and read the description of the show. Looks like we got a hand that went up already. So let me read the description of the show. Then we'll come to you, Erico 210-653, in a second here. Tonight's show, this is title. Normally our shows don't have a title, family, but tonight we have a title. The title of the show is the Exposition 30, Exposition 30. And I went on the type earlier, the show's description, where I said, family and friends, you are invited Tonight, Tuesday, September 6, 2016, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time to Exposition 30 on Five Smooth Stone Station on Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, we ask questions. How are we doing as a people in 30 crucial functioning areas of life? Another question. How level are the playing fields in these areas? Another question. How equal are we in these 30 areas of society. Last question. Probably the most important question. <laughs> Are we truly free as a people in this nation? Friends and family, tonight is primarily about solutions. And then I went on to say this is for a mature audience. So that's what's happening tonight. If you wasn't looking for a show of that description, you might want to run, 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 because that's what we're about to get into. But before I do that, it looks like someone has a question or comment. I'm going to go ahead and take that comment. If you didn't mean, oh, look like we have, okay. All right, let's see here. Eric Code 210-653. Go ahead with your question or your comment. I didn't put it. Did you put Hello. Hello. Yeah, Your hands I was up. Well, well, yeah, well, it looked like that was done accidentally. Uh, William B. here. I'm just delighted to see you diving off into what it sounds like you're going to do. I was going to call probably a little later, but this is premature. I really hadn't. Uh, okay, okay. Well, family, just your friends and family, since everybody's listening anyway, this is William B. He's one of our family members, married yeah. to him, a jewel, uh, one of our bloodline relatives. And so what we, he's just one of the supporters of that family show. And I, William, it's good to hear your voice anyway. Yes, I really wish you would come on a little later on. So I'm going to ask you to press one where your hand will go down, and when you get sure. ready, that way I'll see you. Okay. All right, very good. Will do. Thank you. All right. And uh, we have a big family show, family uh, family and friends, that reaches 13 states. And he's one of them out of Texas that joined the show, supports quite a bit. So I've been doing these family shows for a while, and, and uh, as you all know, I have done most of these little um, shows with Five Smooth Stone. So it's been a nice little break I've had away from Five Smooth Stone, and I've really enjoyed our family shows. They are the bomb. But tonight we're going to take a break and do this uh, special, and I can't wait to come at you. Uh, so let me just, uh, again, just go over what is tonight, what is not tonight, okay? Because it's very important you understand what it is not as well as what it, what it is. Now, when I do these blogs, I always get folks on with uh, choice words. Um, we call it profanity. I'm not going to limit anybody tonight. 
uh, just ask that you respect people because some people just can't be themselves unless you hear a you know, cuss word here and there. That's fine. I'm not going to, because we're going to have a blog. This is not a Bible study, folks. This is a blog. So family members and friends, some of y'all may get offended by some of the language here. Maybe, maybe. Everybody knows five smooth stones, so they don't, know, they don't normally come with that. But if they do, we, we welcome all the comments tonight on the show. You remember, press one, and we'd like for you to tell us what city you're calling from. So tonight, what is Exposition 30? Exposition 30. Exposition 30 is a title I came up with. Okay, so if you see anybody else using this this information on the Internet, it's not a problem. I don't mind being copied. Nothing, none of this copyrighted. I, truth, I have problems with copyrighting truth. But 30 areas is 30 areas of life that I come up with. Most people come up with like nine areas of life like war and and, and health and you know, I come up with 30, 30 areas where we are affected every day. And I want to go ahead without taking another second and go into these areas where we are, what our life consists of, just everyday living, you know. So let's talk about what is Expo 30 right now. Again, 30 areas of our life. Here we go. History. How much of our everyday living has to do with history? Education. Religion, civil and social, here's a good one, identity and self-esteem, that's not part of the nine that most people have on the internet. Again, I come up with 30, I don't know how these folks come up with just nine. Again, identity and self-esteem, that's a good one. Health and medicine, imagery, imagery is not a part of the nine that's on the internet. Imagery, in other words, if you couldn't hear anything, no lies, because you can't even hear. And all you can do is just see. The images alone tell a story. Imagery. These are areas of our life. Family dynamics. Nutrition and food. Food and nutrition. Not food or nutrition. Okay, food should be nutrition, but anyway, y'all know what I mean. Laws, bylaws, rules, unspoken customs. Again, laws and as a matter of fact let me back up I, I, I missed something really huge and y'all gotta forgive me cause again I'm work, tonight I'm working by myself I'll probably have some I'll have some guests calling in from time to time but I am functioning by myself tonight so I missed something very major Expo 30 is really to expose the level of racism in every tiny aspect of our life okay so I'm about to read 30 areas of our life affected by racism and we define tonight racism, and, and and it is the true definition of racism, as white supremacy slash black inferiority. Now, before some of y'all hang up, because I know that makes some of y'all choke, let me explain something. Five Smooth Stones Station only produce shows that are saturated in love for all people. Please do not sell me short on that. We only produce shows saturated in love for all of God's creation, okay? Furthermore, this station do not promote hate in no form. We don't believe that white people are superior or inferior to black people. We don't believe black people are inferior or superior to white people. We believe that the enemy is. Here comes the enemy. Here he is. Here it is. All right? The enemy is lies, 
which is 100% untrue, deception, which is half truth, half lie, ignorance, which is no information, and the other enemy is force, which means even if you get truth and you're on your way to doing what's right, sometimes the United States and other entities will come in and take by force what belongs to you. And that is a type of enemy, that aggression. Okay? Uh, again, um, let me repeat that. The enemy tonight, folks, the enemy that we believe is really lies, which is complete wrong information. All of it, the whole thing is a lie. That's an enemy of humanity. Another enemy is deception, which is you got half truth, half lie. And the third one is ignorance, which means you have no information. These three things will, will handicap your life, possibly take your life. Uh, these three things have always been the planet's biggest evil. That's the truth. That is the truth. And then you got uh, a force where even when you a lot of times do what is right, people full of one of these come and just take. This has also been a problem. But those three areas I named is primarily the three of them. And I want to name one more. And I did that did this particular way, uh, did this, this way for a reason. A lot of you believe in those three things, but when I name this four things, you're gonna, you might have a little issue with this one, and that is evil spirits. We believe, I've been doing shows for a long time, family and friends, where we talk about angels, beings with no bodies, with no physical bodies, but they do have bodies, both um, fallen angels as well as angels not fallen, and they are all throughout our planet. Now, some of y'all might think I'm a little cuckoo for saying that, but... I promise you, we'll talk about it, we'll get into it, maybe not tonight as much, but we will hit it here and there. But folks, these are our enemies, okay? Lies, deception, ignorance, evil spirits. This is how all of our pain, this this is the conduit of all our pain. You name the pain, I can pretty much put one of these labels on it, okay? So that's what's happening, and uh, let's go ahead now after I mention that to you, name these 30 areas. Okay, here they go. History, education, religion, social, and civil. We named that earlier. Identity and self-esteem, health and medicine. Every one of these areas I named, think of the philosophy of white supremacy slash black inferiority that's a part of these areas. Okay? You know, in history, it's through all throughout history. And we're going to get hit, hit each area a little more deeper a little later on, but right now I just want to go through it real fast. History, again, think of white supremacy, lies, uh, behaviors, uh, written and unwritten um, uh, uh, behaviors by uh, those that are spouse of the teachings. They could be any color. That's another thing tonight, folks. Anybody can believe this philosophy of white supremacy slash black inferiority that we call racism. Anybody can believe it. There are blacks that oppress blacks every day with the philosophy of white supremacy slash black inferiority. We'll go into what that means a little later on. Okay, but in history, it's there, all throughout history. Education, uh, religion, uh, is white supremacy uh, slash black inferiority. Civil and social, identity and self-esteem. Health and medicine, uh, the disparity is there, okay? Imagery, a very uh, racist imagery all throughout our planet, especially the United States, where it's depicting blacks in a certain role. Family dynamics, nutrition, laws, 
bylaws, rules, unspoken customs, secret customs that are practiced in our country every day, all day. Laws enforcement, laws that are enforced, uh, <laughs> customs that are enforced, bylaws that are enforced, any type of enforcement of laws, there's a disparity of how we're treated among uh, uh, in, in this country versus our white brothers and sisters. Judicial, judicial. Correction, discipline and rehab, correction, discipline and rehab, okay? Entertainment, you name it, are you entertained? Some of you say, well, I don't like all this racism stuff. I just want to just be entertained. You go home, click or get the remote out, click on the, uh, get your uh, remote out and turn on your cable, and there it is on sports, how they treat black players versus white players, when blacks win, how they take them through. I mean, you know, you name NFL, you name it, NHL, uh, you just name it. Hollywood, Denzel would love to comment on that one. He always is outspoken about racism in Hollywood. Then we have racism, white supremacy, slash black inferiority. That's the definition we're submitting to you tonight of racism, white supremacy, slash black inferiority. It's one coin with two heads. You can't have white supremacy without blacks feeling inferior. You can't rule over people unless they buy the lie. And it ain't just white people. Again, this can be practiced if no whites is around. We had in Rwanda, take a little side road, it's okay. Uh, Rwanda had over 600,000 people murdered by each other, all because of light skin versus dark skin. Whites came into Rwanda, and one group of whites, one group of black people got a little closer to the whites than others, and those were the ruling class, and, 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 and they began to pit one against each other. Uh, in the Rwanda situation, and this was black people. Uh, but that philosophy is what I mean, uh, that whole superiority philosophy, and uh, where they pitted one uh, group against the other. The whites left that country, and that, that philosophy stayed around, and you saw how damaging it is when those uh, Hutus and Tutsis begin to kill each other. Okay, so again, that is very serious. So if we're not playing tonight, this is a very serious program. Again, talking about 30 areas where there is where it's saturated with white supremacy slash black inferiority. We're going to make this a little clearer in a little bit. I just want to go through the 30 areas right now. Uh, judicial, um, correction, uh, discipline, and rehab. And y'all know about judicial. All oh, what happens when you go before the judges and the whole judicial system, how there's this great disparity among our people. Are we free? Are we truly free? Okay, let's go through these areas and just think about some of the things uh, that we experience. Correction, discipline, and rehab. Uh, entertainment, like I said. Here's a good one, sexual sexual behaviors uh, uh <laughs> you ain't got to have no wife around for this one just just again wife is not our problem folks we're going to see tonight we're going to make very clear with the brush this, this brush that the father hopefully will help us to paint uh, a, a picture where you will see very clear that wife is not our problem in the end you're going to see the philosophy of white supremacy our problem Okay, sexual behavior, myths, stereotypes, practiced by black on black or black towards whites, it, it's, it's there. Uh, again, a philosophy of white supremacy slash black inferiority. Here's another area, number 16, public awareness. Oh, my goodness, how much racism and white supremacy slash black inferiority is in the area of public awareness? Oh, public awareness, what do you mean, Seth? Where we are looking to be made uh, privy to anything 
for our wholesome uh, uh, for wholesome living. Uh, anything we need to know, be it news, it can be uh, just just vital information we need to know, everyday knowledge we need to know to be a wholesome people. It's very very racist and bias how we're fed that public awareness information. We'll get into that a little later on. Military and defense. People want to talk about the military so fair and equal. Well, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Foreign policy. My favorite out of all 30 of these is a foreign policy. Man, you can see racism, white supremacy slash black and fear are the clearest day. Uh, many of you know about this thing called, just to hit this real quick and move on, because I don't want to get on any one of these too long, because we're going to get that, do that a little later on. But something that's called Manifest Destiny. Manifest Destiny. And we're going to move a little fast tonight, family, so y'all want y'all to stay with me, okay, family and friends? We're moving a little fast tonight. Manifest Destiny is something that sprung its head back in the 1840s, around that time where uh, the people of the United States felt like it was their destiny to just expand and take land in North America and the Pacific Ocean. It's crazy. It is a philosophy of white supremacy that God, they feel that God Almighty predestined the United States, predominantly white people, well, pretty much it was white people, to go and take, go and take. Now, again, I know what a lot of you are thinking. Why do you keep saying it's not white people. It is white people. But no, folks, it's a philosophy of white supremacy. And they cannot rule in any way, form, or fashion unless somebody else buy into the lie and believe that it is God's will for this manifest destiny to happen. But we're going to hit that and make it. It's going to get a little clearer as we go. I'm just going a little fast. I'm going to slow down a little bit. But I just want to cover all 30 of these, okay? Foreign policy is crazy, though. Treaties, racism, UN, racism, World Bank, racism, uh, this thing called Structure Justice Program where they go into a nation and they loan all, all these third world countries, they loan them all this money, millions, billions, where they can't pay and they become slaves. Y'all ever wonder why Africa cripple crippled is still crippled? We'll get into that. IMF, IMF, and there's something called NGOs. I just found out this not too long ago. Non-government organizations. This is where Africa or Haiti would have a uh, a horrible uh, uh, catastrophic event happen to them, earthquake or something, and non-government organizations go in there like they should and help them out. But they stay for 30 and 40 years, and they flood the economy with all this free stuff, and the businessmen of those uh, countries is crippled, and they end up being pretty much a welfare country, uh, just a welfare state. And it just, this is where sheer poverty comes from. And you need to, if you don't, you want to know more about that, do uh, uh, research on NGOs. Here's the last one on uh, foreign policy, World Health Organization. Oh, my goodness, lots of racism there, uh, disparity. And I remember one for sure that sticks out is when in South America, they was demanding a lot of the South American women. I, I do mean South America. I know that's, that's, not, a, that's not a country. I'm talking about that, that region. They was, uh, uh, the, the U.S. World Health Organization was, was requiring a lot of the uh, women to take no plan for population control. Don't get me started about population control. But that, again, is foreign policy, foreign behavior. Well, you got a policy written as racist, and then you got behavior that's racist. And sometimes the policy is okay, but the behavior is racist. So we got foreign policy and foreign behavior. Science and technology, uh, housing. I know y'all can talk about housing, all type of issues surrounding housing and racism and redlining and Oh, my goodness. Uh, again, we're talking about 
30 areas affected by white supremacy slash uh, black inferiority where you can see very clear the disparity because some people have a hard time today uh, understanding that this racism is still real. They don't want to talk about it. They feel like people like me is dwelling in the past and we're, we're getting along with whites and just go somewhere and shut up, Seth. So when I bring out the Expo 30, which I hardly ever do, <laughs> they begin to see, oh my goodness, we're not nowhere close. And it makes you really cry to God, which is what we're going to, what our solution we want to be, want to be towards the end of the show. Okay, so housing, accommodation and zoning. Accommodations mean anything from hotels, just any way uh, the public is accommodated uh, and zoning. It's so much racism and zoning, it ain't even funny. It ain't, it, you want to see some racism? Zoning? Oh, my goodness. There's political zoning. Remember, Cynthia McKinney in Texas talked about how they were zoning. Anyway, I can't go into it now. Transportation. 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 Racism and trans. Who gets it? Who don't get it? How they get it? Uh, transportation is major. Lots of racism in transportation. I know y'all won't even believe that, but we gonna, we'll hit it. Environmental issues. In what What neighborhoods are just impact by environmental issues, dangers, uh, lead poisoning. Folks, y'all going to see something very sad tonight. Uh, something very sad. William, your hand is still up. I just know, happen to look back at the, the board here. I don't know if you have a question, but your hand is up. So I'll give you a second. There we go. You know, always come back on, though. Okay, so uh, we talked about a uh, accommodation and zoning, transportation, environmental issues. is huge, folks. Oh, my goodness. Power plants, electrical power plants. What neighborhood disproportionately have them? Kids playing around these power lines. They're already proven by some scientists to call cancer. Here's a good one. Agriculture. What black farmers go through, they can write a book on that. Uh, beauty and fashion. Most of you will be familiar with the racism in this on the, in that one, so I won't even talk about that. And then my favorite, one of my favorites, is economics. 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 Economics is broken into four four areas because it's so huge. Labor. Labor has to do with hiring, work conditions, pay, opportunities in work conditions, et cetera, et cetera. Economics also uh, is broken down into um, billings, uh, charges, assessments, debt. Okay, who's being billed? <laughs> Economics is also broke down into a third uh, area, financial access. Who has financial access? It's, it's, it, who's disproportionately? I mean, I mean, there's a disparity here, folks. Whites, oh my goodness, this is where a lot of the race. This is where, why when you look out at your world, you see whites thriving with the boats and the houses and all these toys. It is so much racism in what having to do with uh, finance and loans. And I'm a, maybe my friend will call tonight and kind of brief us on that. But it's a, we hit it a little bit now. Loans. We're talking about uh, loans, grants. Debt relief subsidies. Y'all ever heard of foreign subsidies? The fourth area of economics has to do with financial wisdom and strategy. This is crazy. How much knowledge has been held from us? How much knowledge has not been made privy to us as far as how to uh, just, you know, from even childbirth, you know, what is held from us? I'm not talking about some we just – I'm just saying – 
you know, you grow up and you you work with, along with white brothers and sisters, and you start hearing them talk about finances and and different instruments, financial instruments. You never heard of this. I mean, you never heard of that, and you wonder what is going on, folks. I can talk about that for a week. Secrets, financial wisdom, just hear from us straight up racism to keep us under 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 serving bow down. Anyway, that's Expo 30, and we're going to hit that a little hard, but I want to do this, go to the phone line, because I have a question, and let me just get a little music in the background, because I know I get to talking, and, um, okay, here we go, but uh, a bit of Morgan heritage here, but folks, tonight, we're going to go there, are we free? Are we truly free, y'all? This is not about sitting around, uh, for lack of a better word, complaining. Some of you say bitching. It's not about that tonight. It's not about blaming a white man tonight. Please, save that for the next show or something or some other show. Folks, tonight we want to hit hard the philosophy of white supremacy. Okay, the philosophy that drives the oppression in every one of those areas. Okay? We want the goal of this show is to get our listeners to see that we are in trouble. See, when we listen to the news, I'm coming to you, Eric Code 859. When we hear various news programs, we only hear one atrocity alone by itself, just one at a time. We hear of some black man that was beat. And the news go off, and after that we hear how the Cowboys won the game. But they don't tell you all of the things we go through in the course of a day in every single one of those 30 areas. If they did, if they did, and I'm sorry y'all may think I'm cruel, but I sometimes wish they would, just to give us a glimpse of exactly where we're at. Our brothers and sisters that happen to be a lot bit lighter than us, white brothers and sisters, they don't go through all those in those areas. We're not affecting them in those areas. We're doing nothing to them in every one of those areas. We don't have power to oppress them in none of those areas. In those areas, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters are howling from pain. They're in the jails and they're wondering what on earth is going on. I'm talking about people, not talking about foolishness, people doing stuff crazy. I'm talking about people in jail for for just reasons, unjust reasons. And and many of us have have it so well with our degrees and, and, you know, we've done the right thing in terms of going to school and all of that. And we just are out of touch with all of what Brother Seth is going to be talking about tonight. We just don't have a clue. And that's why I'm doing this show. It's not to upset anybody. I've done these shows and people cried. I've done these shows people went into depression. Expo 30 is nothing to play with. We look at all our pain at one time. That's the difference between this show and most shows you've heard. We look at all our pain for two hours at one time. Everything at one time. And I'm telling you, folks, it's going to make you turn to the most high. It's going to make you look outside for some answers. Some of y'all constantly 
badger people like me and others that come on trying to talk about who we are as a people when I say something cuckoo like we're the real Jews. It sounds cuckoo. I know it do. You hear some people come on talking about the Illuminati. It sounds cuckoo. I know it do. I know it do. But when you look at all our pain at one time, that's what Expo 30 is about, looking at all of our pain at one time, you start saying, my goodness, why? Why do one people go through so much? Some of y'all ask that you ain't seen the two news programs. Imagine looking at a news program and they talk about all of the lies that we've been told in the area of history in one news show. And uh, go ahead, to Charles. This is Charles in uh, Nashville News, and we just wanted to go ahead and report that, you know, just somebody begin to just start going through history and naming all of the lies we've ever told. Everything. We're going to talk about tonight, folks. Not just, we're going to hit history. History is the biggest one. But, folks, I promise you, when we start rolling, we're going to start off real, real slow. We're going to start flying, okay? So y'all need to really listen, okay? Some things I can't afford to repeat. So those of you early, this is one time being late can cause you. All right, again, I said earlier, we ain't about bashing on white people. This is not what I'm about. I'm a believer. I, My God will not allow me to hate. We cannot hate. We got to find some other reasons to why we're going through what we're going through. That's not it. Okay? It's just not it. So I just want to say something. Go to the phone call. Go to the phone lines. Folks, tonight's goal is to show us we're in trouble. I don't mean to be negative. I don't mean to scare anybody. I don't mean to be gloomy because most of you, you believe in the Father. You believe in our Heavenly Father. So, you not in the end, we're going to be okay if we trust Him and follow His God. But I just think we're in denial. <laughs> I just think we're really in denial. The world I live in, the world I see, and I'm born rubbing elbows with people every day, we live in two different worlds. Yes, I believe in God's power. Yes, I believe he can heal the sick and can raise the dead right now. Yes, I believe he can touch your finances. Yes, I believe he can bless you. These are all things that can happen to individuals that obey him. But I'm talking about what is this nation going through, this nation within a nation. A lot of y'all don't like that. You want to be, you want to be told you're an American. Well, if you're an American, why don't you live like whites? Why is there this, this disparity in these areas? that I call Expo 30. If, there, if, the, if the level field, if the playing field is level, why do we suffer? Why are we not equal in those 30 areas? And I'm going to get into them a little bit more in a little bit. Okay? But let's do this. I want to go ahead and, and to the phone lines. I don't like people holding too long on the phone lines. Erico, 859. Four seven five. Go ahead with your question or comment, Brother Seth. Hello, what's happening? Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. All right, John Clark. What's good? What's happening, brother? <laughs> um, 
I knew you was doing. What do you think so about this? Jump in. Now, this brother here, John Clark, is an old friend of mine, folks. And this, this is the guy to to talk to about some of these areas. And John, you're in the mortgage world, right? True. And I'm sure you have other expertise in finances as well. Now, John is one of those persons that can vouch for uh, the oppression that our people are facing in the areas of finance. Now, I mentioned before areas. Let me get my little areas back up here. I mentioned four areas where we are. There is great disparity in those areas of labor, uh, assessment, uh, billing, um, where we're just charged more. Assess more penalties could be put on that area. On that area, uh, and also financial excess. This is where John would probably be an expert at uh, loans, debt release, subsidies, um, mortgages. Put that under there. And last, financial wisdom. So, John, what do you have to say about uh, these areas? I know you've heard me go through them. What do you think of uh, uh, the the oppression, the sheer? pure oppression, disparity among whites and blacks in these areas. What do you think is going on? Talk to me. Well, before I get off into that, I do want to say that, number one, I was down with five smooth stones when Brother Seth only had one stone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's the way me and Brother Seth and many of my friends would sit back at Oral Roberts University he would come in because okay. he was uh, real close with a friend of mine named Gary Ellison, and we would talk about things similar to what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, Seth was not as well-versed then as he is now, but I think that it's important that people understand that for me, and, and it should be for most persons, Seth, he may not have a doctor's degree and some given um, expertise, but mm-hmm. on his own, on his own, he traveled the world looking and seeking knowledge and understanding as it pertained to the exact thing that we're talking about tonight. Um, you have people who already have their doctorates who never left the U.S., which means that they were only exposed to certain amounts of information, which is the exact same information that's in the Exposition 30, which means that it was skewed information, skewed numbers. You have to be able to get out and sample other information, other peoples, other pools, to be able to really come up with a legitimate uh, assessment of the situation at hand. And many people, be it Harvard, be it Yale, be it uh, Columbia, be it whomever, wherever the case may be, if all you did was stay in the United States, surf the U- the Internet, which the United States was the progenitor of, speak with people and do interviews with people from the United States or <laughs> people from other countries who came to the United States seeking that which the United States offered, your numbers are going to be skewed. Your pool is going to be skewed. Your Good margin point. of error is going to be increased. And, I, you know, I'm just saying that I don't say that to, to gas you up 
uh, which is colloquially spoken, to, to make Brother Seth seem more than he is. But Brother Seth doesn't even know, in my opinion, the degree to which he has um, knowledge over uh, a person with a doctoral degree. So I just wanted to say that initially. Seth was saying this back in 1990. I'm, I'm talking, I'm 21 years old or somewhere thereabouts. Me and my friends, we're up there at 2 o'clock. Seth had to fly out at 4. But I'm just giving you all a heads up. A heads up. And that was that was right there was a challenge. I would fly in, do these Bible studies, fly back and forth, fly I was just going back and forth and these brothers were faithful. I mean they'd be there and asking questions and that was a blast. We had a blast, man. You're breaking back memories. It was great. Let me tell you folks, if I may, it's that the I, there's a lot to be said about quote unquote the people who are here in the United States who are on the business end of the transatlantic slave trade and other countries because there's way more people in other countries who are on the business end of that same transatlantic slave trade and even more people on the Isla- on the business end of the Islamic slave trade. Yes, there was more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there. There's a lot to be said. While I'm not looking to focus on that tonight, I just want to say that um, there are people who are aware and people who speak about it, but um, it would be remiss of me not to say that (laughs) Brother Seth is a forerunner in this area, talking about this well before it became a fashion, so to speak which it never really is, but some people, that's the way that they take it on. But let me set that aside and just quickly state what it is that I came here to state. I knew you were doing the show, Seth. I requested that you allow me to call in and have a moment to talk about a couple of things. You asked the question, are we better off? Are we free? And the question, I mean, the answer is unequivocally no. It's an easy question to answer. The first thing that one must consider, in my opinion, I'll leave, it, I'll leave it as my opinion, is look in the Bible and you will find two types of servants. There's a servant whom falls into a precarious situation, and as a result, he sells himself for X amount of time to his brother in Israel, and while he's there, he works. And when the year of Jubilee comes, his brother must release him. Or prior to that, he can buy himself out or someone can come, a near kinsman, and buy him out of slavery. But then there's the bond servant. Uh Uh-oh. The bond servant cannot be bought out of slavery. He is in bonds for life. Okay? Folks. That first servant is the one I would like to focus on just for a quick moment because it's that servant who no longer has the ability to work his land and depend upon Yah, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, or Yahweh, as it's stated oftentimes in Christian circles, Yahweh, and that's fine. I'm not looking to get into a, a debate about semantics. Okay. But you no longer are able to look to your God to bring forth the fruit of that land and your labor, and now you have to depend upon someone else. 
and you have to work for them and follow their vision. That's what you call employment in the Western civilization. <laughs> That's what you call the labor pool in Western civilization. And, again, Brother Seth has already touched on it. He'll touch on it in, in a greater degree at a later time. But if you do not think that you're not a servant, just look, look in the Bible. And, you, and, and if you don't utilize the Bible as your source, that's fine. Consider yourself a free person in this society. We could never, ever come to terms um, because if you see something other than that which is biblical, I only see that which is biblical. Hold that thought right there just for a second. I want to make a clarification because I know John, and we talk pretty often, and I think I know what, what you know he's saying. And you correct me, John, if I'm wrong. You're not saying one that trusts the Most High, one that fear His name, and that uh, uh, strives to obey, keeping His commandments. I mean, we talking about keep His commandments, okay? Uh, they're in slavery. Because if we trust him, he says, if you seek to ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added. And he was talking about what to eat, what to wear, and all that. We're just saying your nation, the nation we belong to, the nation we are rubbing elbows with our brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles, because we are part of a nation in a nation. This is what he is talking about. Is slaves, and unfortunately, if you don't seek the Most High, don't serve Him, you are a slave individually as well. So, for sure, our nation is in slavery, but we're talking about individually. Uh, many of us are. Am I right? Um, with all due respect, I don't know if you are or not, but let me clarify my position. I consider myself to be a nation within a nation within a nation mm-hmm. because I am an individual. Who, quote unquote, is three me is uh, three fifths of a human in the United States per their law. All right, I am a man who, per their history, is of African descent, but I'm not, in my opinion. But more importantly, I just went from the nation of the United States, and again, spoke again of the nation. Their history is telling me that I'm from Africa. But more importantly, (laughs) before I am a man of color, before I'm an American, I'm a new creation. Okay. And that's where the buck stops. That's really where the buck stops. That is my true lineage. It is not of this world. And and for folks, if you're listening, you're like, oh, it's getting kind of crazy in here. I say listen on because what's being said here is meant to extract the people who are of faith, the people who believe, the people who were known of God before this world was ever formed and shaped. These people, they existed, and God peppered them throughout all history. And I stand here today as one of those persons. You're talking about Israel right now, right? Say it again, please. You're talking about Israelites right now, right? I'm talking about Israelite spiritual and Israelite physical. The distinction must be made because one transcends the other in the same way that light transcends darkness, so does the spiritual Israelite transcends the physical Israelite. And okay. man, I'm not trying to hit y'all over the head, folks, 
But the physical Israelite had Levi as the priesthood, but the spiritual Israelite had the Most High God as the, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ by way of the Most High God as the high priest. Not Aaron, but Jesus Christ, better known as Yahawashah in Hebrew. Don't let the word scare you. It's just a transli- transliteration. Okay, I'll say Yeshua, Yahawashah, just so y'all yeah, know. This Yeshua. Yeshua. Yes. Yeshua. Okay. I'm with you. But, but folks, again, that is the high priest of every born-again believer, whether you know it or not. That is, and he's my high priest, and the blood sacrifice that he's given for me, I readily accept. And that's the reason why um, I make that distinction, because I'm not concerned with the melanin in my skin, even though it's one of the reasons why the oppression takes place. I'm more concerned with being that born-again man. But let me quickly set that aside. A servant you are, if you're not working for yourself and expecting the Most High God to bring the fruits of your labor into fruition, you're a servant. If you're pursuing the vision of someone else, you're a servant. Just read. Just read the Bible. It'll make it very, very plain. Um, I am. I have been working in the industry of finance for the last 20 years. I'm sorry, Brother Seth. You said no, go ahead. You're hitting, you're hitting the Expo 30 now. Again, we're talking to right. John Clark and John Woods. Uh, okay, we're talking to John Clark, and uh, he's talking about, he's about to get into the finances. We, we're talking about Expo 30. What is Expo 30? 30 areas of life where we suffer. 30 areas of life. Basically, folks, we can break it down like this. Is there human beings there? Is there breathing human beings there? Wherever area where people are ruling, if there's human beings there and they've been raised up in the West, you, my friend, my family members, is going to see racism, which is white supremacy slash black inferiority. It's just that simple. We can show it to you tonight. With the help of the Father, I plan on doing that. I will not probably be able to hit every area for 10 minutes or so. But I just want to go through them uh, and just kind of name some different things that are happening in those areas. John is working in the area of finance for many years, and he's going to talk about some of the oppression and disparity he's seeing among African American racism, uh, which is white supremacy slash black inferiority, the teaching, the philosophy, believed by anybody. don't have to be believed by white people. It can be believed by blacks or whites. Sometimes there's no whites around, and blacks are oppressing each other with this philosophy, not thinking they're good enough, mistreating each other, this low self-esteem. Where did we get it from? Where did we get it from? If you trace the roots, oftentimes it comes from the way we have been taught to see our brothers and sisters, even though there's no whites around. Okay? So again, it's a philosophy, folks. It's not a people. It's a philosophy. Whites are superior. Whites are first. White product is better. White product lasts longer. Blacks, you know, can't do this. They can't do that. You know, you know. Truth of the matter is, African Americans may not be able to do some things, but blacks in general can. African Americans can't come together because they're Israel. God said you'd not be able to come together. 
So you can't put that on blacks because Africans come here and they get together. Indians, they're dark. They come here, they get together. They build. They do all kinds of things. So this lie that white people, black people can't work together, crawfish mentality, that's white supremacy. And until certain knowledge is known as to why we do it, we don't, I'm talking about African Americans, if they're truly Israel, like this brother and I believe and many others believe, then it'll be understood why we can't come together. Because, again, how are Africans able to come here with the same kind of skin we are and able to come together? But there's a lot of more lies told about us, and there's a disparity, like I said, in these 30 areas. So, John, go ahead and hit finances. Uh, I'll let you just run with that however you want to. Talk about the disparity in these areas for those that feel like the playing field is level. Okay, so again, I appreciate that, Seth. Listen, uh, folks, again, it, for me, it's important for for the position to be laid, the foundation to be put in place, that there are two Israels. There's the physical Israel following the genealogy, the blood of Jake, I mean, uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but there's also a spiritual Israel, and that Israel gains acceptance and, and entrance into the kingdom by faith. I'm not looking to give you a servant, I mean a sermon rather. I'm just saying, look, just read. <laughs> and and for the people who are Christians, Hebrew Israelites, whatever it is that you are that that you are um you have a disposition towards reading and following the things that give you understanding I would hope the Bible Please read and look to see if what I say is not the case. If you are not inclined toward that, I would highly recommend that you pray to the Most High God, the creator of heaven and earth and the things under the earth and everything that in them is, that he would open your eyes. Because, folks, the time is soon approaching that there's going to be a line drawn and a division made. And if you are found on the business end of that line, there's no coming back from that. So look into what we're talking about. One second, Seth, if I may. Okay. I you taking a breath, and I know how you do. Folks, I speak to African Americans every day. And I know you're probably thinking like, oh, yeah, black people in the United States. No, I'm talking about Africans, people from Africa, who now live in America. And they know of no other designation. When I'm doing an application for them, they are actually African Americans because they're from Africa, but they've become Americans. I found that to be utterly amazing. I could not do that in my home state of Kentucky, go Wildcats, Bourbon, and the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> but when I came to Texas, this is the fifth largest Metroplex in the United States There are all types Of ethnicities and I've come across People who are from Zimbabwe Who are from Ethiopia I'm working on a deal now from a guy who's from Ethiopia and I asked him what is your Race and ethnic background he said African American <laughs> And he was It's true he's an African Who now has the nationality Of an American But it's, let me just say this, folks. I stand amazed at the variance between 
people who are not African Americans, and I mean every people from Asian to Caucasian to uh, be the Africans who come into my office. I'm taking applications and counseling people every day. The African Americans who are on the business end of the transatlantic slave trade who came across, and we are now the children of those people, we are doing way worse than everyone else. When I say, uh, where are you working? Uh, how much money do you have in the bank? I'm asking these questions. Why? Because that's what I do. It's my job. We're doing way worse, folks. And when I say way worse, no, I didn't compile statistics. It wasn't my job to do that. But they say the Latino uh, or Hispanic person, folks, these people are, 50% of them are self-employed, 1099. 50%. 50%. I'm not making that up. 50% of them, 1099. 50% of them, they don't have but one or two accounts on their credit report. They've not been, they've not fallen into that system that that we've fallen into. Us, I'm talking about 15 pages of charge-off and collection. And I mean it when I say it. I'm not making this up. Well, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me let me hop in here, John, just for a second, because Please. I don't think nobody gonna disagree with you that we're doing worse off in terms of looking like we just don't got it together, ignorant type people. That's our problem. We believe that we're doing worse. What people don't believe, and this Expo Thirty is trying to show, is there is oppression. Undue oppression, unlike our white counterparts coming to the same John looking for a loan. There are laws in place financially in your arena to hold back, stifle, cripple, handicap. I mean, again, I know that we're doing bad in all these areas. Nobody's going to disagree with you on that. But I want you to hear because I know you can. We've talked. And to show some of the things that we see that is just not there for our white brothers and sisters. Oppression, straight up lies, deception, trickery, trickery. Go ahead. If I may, I pull credit reports. I look at them all day, every day. I'm going to quickly digress and state a house against uh, divided against itself cannot stand. What? The United States and the world at large needs to understand that just because you have one person who has been or one group of people who have been marginalized doesn't mean that you who have not been marginalized are also part of that house that is not meant to stand. The entire house that's divided against itself shall not stand. So if one group is is divided against another group, the entire group is set for failure, not just the people who are complaining, even the people that say, why are you complaining? Folks, there is a predatory economy that is thriving under the radar 
of the regular gross domestic product. The, pro- the, the economy that we know that, that that's reported lets us know, hey, how's the economy doing? Let's look at these various indicators. There's another economy. It's called the predatory e- economy. Uh, that was coined by Bruce Marks, which he's the he's the the founder of the company that I work for. And, and I'm not look I'm not quick to embrace a lot of persons' philosophies, but I have to give him his propers and state that I look at people's credit reports and I see the predatory economy at work. It initially presents itself as student loans. I can't explain to you, folks. Let me just say it to you like I tell them. I was I did a workshop uh, two Saturdays ago, and I told this group of people that the healthcare the, the healthcare industry that's not that's not broken. Healthcare's not broken, folks. It's doing exactly what it was meant to do. You just don't know that. The point is that when you turn 18, if you want to move forward in life, everybody knows that your mother, your grandmother, your father, your grandfather, your uncle, everybody tells you you have to get what? An education. Well, I got one. I went to a school that was ranked 20th in the nation by U.S. News and World Report multiple times, Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I got that education. But with that, I also got student loans. Folks, when I came out of high school, I was not employed. I wasn't going to get a mortgage loan. I couldn't get a car loan. I couldn't get any loan. But, boy, they sure welcomed me with that, with that federal student loan. Why is that? It's the first steps of debt, people. Listen to me. I did not even – I told Brother Seth I may be on here for 15 minutes. I apologize for freestyling like I'm doing, but please hear me out. Folks, the borrower is servant to the lender, a biblical principle. And the people who are your enemies, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't even know you had enemies. You have people who are, it's not white people, folks, in general. It's not white people. There are a group of persons who work diligently, efficiently, and effectually towards your demise. They are your enemies. They are also white people's enemies. They blind them just like they blind you. They make you fight against one another. They intend to bring down the entire house, at which time they will put their house in place. But I digress. I told the people, you, there's an enemy that has you in their crosshairs. And they've done that since you become, became 18. If you don't go to school, don't get me wrong, you can find a job that pays reasonably. But if, if, in this system, you need education. Oh. oh, you need education if you want to move forward. If you do not get that education, you will simply be marginalized with the student that, that you pulled that you that you pulled up to that point. If you get that education, then you get to be in the biggest good old boys club ever created. You then get to hopefully get a, a reasonably good paying job. With that good paying job, you need to be able to get to it, which is called a car loan. 
you need to renew that every five to seven years. Not long thereafter, you need to get a home for you and your family. I'm assuming that you would have acquired a good wife and two and a half kids, a dog, and some goldfish. You need a house. That's a 30-year proposition. By the time you get through that, hopefully you've paid some of those student loans off, you'll get to a point where health care becomes an issue. Why? You're getting older. You have ailments. I can't dunk on cats like I used to when I was 22. I, my jump is a little bit off these days. Let, let me ask and, you a question. So folks, let me ask you a question, John. Please. If you don't mind, I keep going in that vein, but I want to ask you a question. Now, in your – I don't do what you do, and so this will be something only you can answer. But what do you see when you are at your office, in your practice, what do you see that you don't – that you know don't exist with our white brothers and sisters. In other words, we want to show a difference. There is a difference. If there are people, like I said at the beginning of the show, if there are are people there, if there are breathing live people, folks, those 30 areas I named earlier, we are affected by. If there are people there, racism is there. Is black people there? Racism is there. Is it all black? Racism, which is the definition, by definition, white supremacy slash black inferiority is there. You say, well, brother said this, all white, it's all black. No, no, no. It's a philosophy. We're raised by one system, and that system, we oppress each other. You don't even need white people around. That's why I say white people are not our enemy. Now, what I'd like for you to do, if you, if, you, if it's possible, I know you're doing this for the years you do it. You've seen this. What have you seen in the mortgage world that you say, man, I know this don't exist in the white world. I don't know this wouldn't exist if this was a white mortgage company. I know this wouldn't exist if this was. You see a disparity, a mistreatment. I know whites go through certain things with... You know, I know about their pain. We go through their pain, plus we see what they see, plus we are denied what they're denied, plus. So I want to, if possible, if I'm able to, to get the plus. I want to see what's the difference. I'm trying to show people. See, John, you know, you and I have been both talking about all types of things from we Israel, and even when you say the name of God, somebody's doubting you on that. They think you're cuckoo. Why? Because the majority of people don't say those names. They don't say no, no, Yahweh. They might say Yahweh. So when you say something that don't sound like their their education, why don't they give you a benefit of that? Why don't they go research it? Why do they blow you off? White supremacy. We've been taught a certain way, a certain way you talk about God, what his name, so we, we present everything. Even when you're talking right now as intelligent as you're sounding, somebody's full of doubt. Why? Because you don't say some of the things some other people say. You're not saying what most people say, especially when we start talking about the holy things. If we don't sound like TVN, PTL, not PTL, but TVN, Daystar, if you don't sound like the vast majority of people, you're not accepted in this country. And so what we want to do, and what you're doing already, you're already doing it, we want to hit at this thing that's causing people to trust so much in this system to where when they hear brothers like you and me, they question us. They question us. Why y'all talking we Israel? How y'all saying that? You know, people, the whole, ain't nobody saying that but y'all. You know, they don't understand that it don't matter how many people saying it. It can be true and, and only five people saying it. So I'd like you to hit on, if you could, if you don't mind, what have you seen disparities in the in the world of mortgage? 
And let me just, in, in the interest of time, minds more importantly, because I didn't intend to be um, speaking as long yeah, as I did, but, you know, sometimes fine. my brain child just does you. what it do. We um, thank you. The program that that we extend to the community through the company, NACA, the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, is by far the this mortgage product is the real deal. Folks, this is not a plug. This is not one of those scenarios where people do an entire show just to plug one word and get people to go visit. No, this is the truth of the matter. I've been in the industry for this December will be 20 years. I complained that when the mortgage meltdown, yes, when the mortgage meltdown took place, they had all of these measures. The government took all of these steps to do this, that, and the other. But I said they didn't do anything to combat compound interest, which by far is the most evil aspect of the mortgage, but bar none. However, and, 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 it's, it's, and, 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 and it's even worse. Remember, they're doing it to our white brothers and sisters in the African-American community. is far worse, folks. The, the, the fact of the matter is that persons who were of the lighter persuasion, white people. And and I speak from experience, folks. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. a predatory lender. I was a predatory loan officer. Wow. John, you're breaking up. Hello. I more money off of you because that's how I was taught. Can you hear me, Seth? Yeah, I can. I can hear you. I can hear you. You were breaking up there for a second, but you're back. You said I'm I was sorry, a predator lender. Then after that, yes. When they yeah, say I, the I, lab I, I prayed. Was, I prayed upon people who did not understand and know the product, primarily black people, people of color. I was that guy. That's how I was taught. I make no bones okay. about it. Now, we, now that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Now, so if you were taught to do that by who? By my instinct. The the point is is that no. What I mean is when they the put you, when they gave when they gave you a job position. In other words, if your boss would have came and saw you doing this and he did not approve of it, it wasn't the way the company you got fired. So obviously they agree with it as you wouldn't have had a job. What I'm saying is who was at the top of what I'm trying to establish tonight and maybe I'm not making it clear is I want us to share with the people things you've seen that was out of your control. You own a lot of power as a loan officer. Yeah, I know that. But there's somebody even higher than you that set these rules up, and I guarantee you whatever rules you're enforcing across town, they don't enforce those rules. Here's a classic example, not uh, redlining. Redlining is real. Well, that's not real for whites. It's a practice where blacks are denied loans by racism. Mortgages, you know that better than I do. You can write a book on it probably. So I'm saying... It's different, Seth. Go ahead. Listen... Redlining is something that you could go to a map in any given mortgage office and see the red line. But what's worse than the red line is when you make a red line in your own mind. 
when the the culture of greed and and excess is able to allow you to create the red line in your own mind, and so people do not have to give you a designation and say, look, anything below 56th Street, we don't lend to. I created a red line. It was actually what we call a reverse red line. We'll lend to the people below 56th Street, but you know that as opposed to charging them an overall amount of 3%, you can push that up to 5 to 6%. And, and so you take it, you're, you're taking advantage of this people, as it were. And so, again, when I say that's the way that I was taught, no one came to me and said, hey, do this. It was just an understanding. And, and that's way worse than the actual red line. But in closing... In closing, well, oh, no, 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 no. I want to ask you a question on that. When you said your instinct, now yeah. they tell you to go make as much money as possible. I'm sure they don't say it like that, but I'm sure you're not going to do nothing to jeopardize your job, right? Right? Yes, I you're will. not going to do nothing yes. to jeopardize your job. And if you're yes, doing something, what I'm saying is, if you do, you're not going to have a job long. What I'm trying to say. Is this? You, you and I both know that mortgage companies are doing things to African Americans that they're not doing to white Americans. Let's agree on that right there, correct? Unequivocally. I want to know what those things are. Okay, the the way that my company has the ability to lend the money that it does is through the Community Reinvestment Act. This company is a broker. It doesn't lend its own money. It brokers or it is a middleman between a bank and an end user or a consumer or a borrower, if you want to call them that. The Community Reinvestment Act means that there's a law in place that says, hey, Mr. Big Bank, if you want to lend in this given city, in this given county, you need to reinvest money back into the underserved population. The fact that you even had to come up with a law that says that lets you know that they were taking deposits in, they were, be it savings or checking or whatever the case may be, and at the same time lending that money to persons normally of a Caucasian um, position but not willing to lend it to the same depositors of that money um, because they were in a particular neighborhood or of a particular color. And so a law was created to help offset that disparity. It was called the Community Reinvestment Act. Even with that act, now listen to me, folks, and I'm – I'm I'm going to bed here. So you tell me that act has to be they had to create yes. an act to of compensate course. for the amount of oppression. Yes. Yes. This is what I'm trying to get at. This is that's, the nugget we're trying to get at. Civil rights. That is civil rights in its entirety. People be like, you know, the affirmative action. People be like, it's wrong. It's wrong that two people who who have the exact same qualifications, um, one gets in because of their color. Well, the reason why you ever had to create an affirmative action because there was a negative action. It's called Jim Crow. It's called peonage. It's called slavery. 
all those things were negative and it, it oppressed the people to the degree that there had to be some way to offset it, and you can never offset it because those same people of color built this nation on the textile industry of cotton and tobacco and, and things along those lines. They built this nation. How exactly are you able to pay your mother and your father back from birthing you? It's called you can't. So if, 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 you, if, you're, if you tell your father and your mother, and I tell you what, I will give you 10% of my earnings, exactly what have you done? You made a fool of yourself. But the thing is that the affirmative action, the, cre- the uh, Community Reinvestment Act, what that simply is is people who recognize that, yeah, there is a disparity. And even with that being said, Seth, and I'm going to close with this, Seth, do you realize that very few white people come through this program? Seth, who doesn't want a 0.125% interest rate? The reason why very few white people come through this program is because they already have reasonable terms with other banks. It's the people who have been marginalized who come through this particular program so that they can get something to help to help buttress the community that these other programs have torn apart. And um, with that, I will leave you to the rest of your night. I appreciate you having me on the show um, and allowing me to speak out as long as I did. (laughs) Well, no, it's good talking to you, man. A lot of those things I was familiar with, some of them I wasn't. It's always good to hear from you. Always come up with another angle. And some I didn't know. Some I didn't know, but that's that mortgage world. Well, listen, John, appreciate you calling, man. And uh, like I say, folks, it's 30 areas, and he just hit one of them. I mean, a fraction of one of them. And it's just it's more to come. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. No problem, Seth. Stay up. All right. Well, that's Brother John. That's Brother John. And like I say, he's a mortgage office. I've been knowing him forever. And, and folks, like I say, one of the reasons we uh, decided to, uh, I decided to do this show, Expo 30, is just because we are running into a lot of our brothers and sisters that are constantly second-guessing us. And I'm going to tell you what the root of that is. When you find people, you take information to them, and especially where it relates to the scriptures. You know, you you you, you put something out there, and they don't believe you, and, and, you know, you show them proof of whatever you're saying. It don't have to be spiritual. It can be in any area of life. It's a, our people have a hard time believing us because of something I believe called white supremacy slash black inferiority. Well, I keep saying that. What do I mean? Various philosophies and teachings out there about us as a people that is, when you hear things like everything, really, almost you hear in these universities and in schools. Let me give you a classic example. Let's just start off with history. Again, we got 30 areas, and some of you came in a little late, so I'm going to go ahead and read, I'm going to read this super fast, these areas, because y'all should have been here earlier. But I ain't going to beat up on you. I'm just going to read it real fast, okay? So you got to listen. I'm not going to elaborate like I did earlier. All right? So here are the 30 areas where there is straight-up oppression. I mean, we talk about every tiny area I name. Just think of people that are doing business, working in these areas, that actually believe whites, the way whites do things is superior. The way whites teach things is superior. Uh, uh, be it history, be it education, 
religion, uh, civil and social, uh, all these areas saturated with white supremacy and, and, and black inferiority, identity and self-esteem, health and medicine, imagery, uh, even in the, uh, that's including advertising, just in images alone. The images, if you couldn't hear anything, the images all by themselves teach white supremacy, black inferiority. Okay, family dynamics. Where it relates to the family, uh, the family relating to each other, oftentimes there's pain, there's oppression, you know, uh, this this daughter, this uh, father treating one daughter better because she's lighter skinned. Of uh, uh, siblings uh, rivalry, oftentimes have its roots in white supremacy. Um, you know, um, it's just it's in that area. Nutrition, food and nutrition, uh, uh, lots of oppression as far as what's put out for us to eat, especially in a lot of these convenience stores in our neighborhoods, uh, and, and just. In our schools for our children and in inner city schools versus, I mean, folks, nutrition, laws, bylaws, uh, unspoken customs. A lot of these laws or program are set up. Uh, they are set up to oppress, to hold back, to stifle the growth of African Americans. Law enforcement, enforcing of those laws. Same thing. Judicial. Penalties for not obeying those laws, how whites are handed down one sentence or punishment versus what their brothers and sisters uh, of black or darker skin is, 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 is done, is a handle. Uh, here's another one, correction, uh, discipline, rehab, whole prison system is going to be in that one. Uh, y'all know the disparity there. Entertainment, all forms of entertainment, not just sports, but Hollywood, local entertainment. If there's people there, if there's breathing people there, black or white, and they're raised in the United States of America, there is going to be white supremacy slash black inferiority. I don't even care if it's black. Ain't no white people around. If it's just all black, you will see pain. Real life pain inflicted by one on the other that has its roots in white supremacy. The self hate that oftentimes you see among our people has its roots in white supremacy slash black inferiority. Okay? So that's entertainment. Sexual. Sexual. This is another area saturated with white supremacy. Again, you don't have to have no whites around. You can have black people and the way they relate with sexuality, what they, I mean, what they do, why they do it, who they see doing it, uh, uh, this, the way they look at sex, the way that they taught about sex, uh, what is proper sex. I mean, it's European, white supremacist, black inferior, myths, stereotypes. Sexuality is huge, an area full of white supremacy, slag black inferiority, all types of myths and stereotypes around that can is still uh, still available today. And I can hit that in a way that y'all will be just totally blown away, but not probably tonight. We'll see. Public awareness, public awareness, uh, be it government or private sector, just things we need to know to live, just vital information we need our government to tell us just for, for just to live. I mean, it could be news, it could be something like the census, just public awareness, information we need to, 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 to gather ourselves and to make decisions and to 
um, just it can be it's just anything that's gonna come from the public from uh, uh, things like uh, just by media anything we need to know for just just to to live okay public awareness military defense military defense this is going to cover the navy air force all the military racism white supremacy that exists in those areas for sure i mean we've been taught told about it for years and years and years and uh folks it's nothing to play with racism white supremacy in the area of military it's painful a lot of people have uh, committed suicide uh, because they couldn't handle uh, things they've seen. Uh, it's a lot of racism slash black inferiority, um, white supremacy, black uh, white supremacy slash black inferiority. I'm trying to do three things here at one time. Here's a good one: foreign policy. Folks, listen. Foreign policy is saturated with white supremacy. From the treaties that the United States government put out there to the UN, to the World Bank, what the World Bank do to third world countries, non-white nations is crazy. What they won't do to European countries, what they won't do to the America, what they don't won't do to white countries, but what they do to black countries like Haiti and the countries of Africa is just it's a great disparity among treatment. Uh, it, it's so, so, so saturated with, with, with the pain and oppression. Uh, the uh, IMF, uh, the, the World Health Organization, also there's foreign, that's, that's foreign policy, so that's what's written, but then foreign behavior is the uh, oftentimes the behavior don't line up with the policy. Sometimes the policies are not that bad, but the behavior is sometimes worse than the very policy itself. So those are twin, foreign policy and foreign behavior, two different worlds, uh, two different acts sometimes. Science and technology, lots of racism in science and technology. There is a great disparity of knowledge, credit given, um, uh, there's all types of science and technology used to oppress us. Uh, science and technology is, a, is an area I look forward to getting into at a later time. Housing, housing. Uh, we talked about earlier redlining. Uh, housing is major. Lots having to do with housing. Um, uh, you name anything that has to do with taking care of a home. Some homeowners, anything they have to do with their land, their property, enhancing their property, uh, the way they, there is just rules and laws and oppression centered around homeowners. Many of you that own homes have dealt with banks and various people about uh, the upkeep of your home or, and, um, just, just uh, sometimes what neighborhoods can do, what neighborhoods can't do. Folks, any of you that own homes know what I'm talking about, where there is racism, how you govern your home. I mean, how you govern your talking about the home, the, the building, the, 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 the uh, property around your building, around your house, around your uh, structure is what I'm trying to say. A lot of racism, racist laws that affect that just that one little tiny area housing and homeowning, okay, even in getting a home. Uh, so anyway, accommodation and zoning, this is a big one. Accommodations and zoning, uh, lots of pl pl 
politics have spoken out with racism and zoning, uh, you know, uh, them trying to zone out our vote, our strength of our vote by uh, by certain zoning patterns. Another thing is accommodations. Hotel has to do with accommodations. Lots of racism that regulates. So I can tell you one right now. Y'all have to bear with me. I'm kind of... Um, but accommodations is... Uh, one thing out that comes to my mind is uh, this whole thing about uh, the jazz festival. I'm thinking of one in particular, uh, the uh, the one in uh, Cincinnati. Um, probably the biggest jazz festival of all jazz festivals was in Cincinnati. And what they would do to the hotels when blacks come to town, how they would jack up the prices and and not offer certain amenities cut down to one elevator versus two or cut down to two elevators versus three in certain parts. Just accommodations, how they treat us at these hotels as we are accommodated. Accommodations also have to do with rental cars. Accommodations, uh, very much uh, a lot of pain and disparity with how we're treated uh, in this particular area. Transportation, I guess transportation would be more like the rental car, I meant to say. Uh, transportation have to do with busing, uh, lots of issues around busing, uh, especially in the inner city, uh, taxes, uh, 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 I'm talking about taxis. Um, so anyway, that's transportation. I know y'all know we've been hearing about that for many years um, with, with regards to city buses and, and different things like that. But transportation is major. It also includes airlines. I'm telling you, every one of these areas is saturated with white supremacy um, slash black inferiority. Let me do this, folks, because I had a guest that's supposed to be calling, and uh, I'm going to see. I think, okay, here we go. Uh, Eric Code 336 I was wondering where you was at, Brother Bobby. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Brother Seth. How are you? I'm doing okay, brother. I just had to lay that foundation. I apologize. I switched screens, and I didn't want looking at the board, and your hand probably been up for a while, but I thank you for your patience. I really do. But what do you think about this subject tonight where we're talking about 30 areas of society, 30 areas of life uh, affected by this thing called white supremacy, which I think is just one coin with two heads. You know, uh, one, one side of the coin you have white supremacy, the lies white supremacy and the other flip side of the coin you have the lives of black inferiority you can't have one without the other you know so uh, in order for them to rule over us brother uh, Bobby they have to we have to believe it and swallow it that's how they're able to rule for hundreds of years and so we bought this lie and we use it on each other often what do you think of this this whole concept of Expo 30 I'd like to hear your take on that well um First, I want to thank you for inviting me to be able to share a little bit, and I'll be on here as, as, as long as I can. Um, but uh, that was an interesting conversation that you had with the previous gentleman uh, when you know, what you was, you know, trying to get out of him. I, I knew where you were going with it, and um, I, I'm just going to give you an example. Concrete, you can look it up. Okay. You know, what we saw, what we saw with the uh, real estate crash, mortgage crash, uh, back in 2007, 2008, uh, we saw some of those uh, predatory lending practices as far as with the the subprime lending. Uh, when I first uh-huh. got into the business, when I first got into the business, uh, I recognized real quick that the only folks 
that were applying for a subprime loan were folks that had melanin in their skin. Very few white folks were actually applying for that. And I peaked the game real quick because I actually had worked for a predatory lender. So when I recognized that game, I didn't make no fuss, no nothing. I just said, okay, you all can play this game if you want to. I'm the one who got to go to sleep at night. And if I'm saying who I'm serving, if I'm serious about that, then I got to do better than this. See, once you know better, then you're obligated to do better. So mm. I said, I said, okay, what I need is an opportunity to be able to offer my people prime loans with prime rates. And if they're not ready, then send them through an education program to help them, you know, get prepared to be able to do as such. So that was the choice that I had made at that time. Um, and then when I got even more understanding as far as the money system is concerned, I and I and I could, you know, really iterate myself as far as getting out of that business. That was a personal choice. I don't degrade anybody for staying in and offer, offering mortgages. Um, but for me, when I really found out what the real deal will, uh, is as far as mortgages are concerned and the lie that, that we have all been sold concerning home ownership, I was like, oh, no, I got to cut that loose. But for purposes of the surface and cosmetics in the terms of home ownership in this country and how it has directly affected us as far as the people is concerned, you have to go back, you know, to the 1940s, World War II. Shortly after World War II, the government created the GI Bill. And within the GI Bill, there was a provision to provide low-interest home loans for returning soldiers. Okay. That was great. That was great. Here was the problem. That didn't apply to everybody, and I guess you can figure out who that did not apply to. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting that, at. And I appreciate you nailing it down like that. Now, uh, Brother John has a lot of history in this, and I'm sure he can come back and go toe to toe and nail some other thing down. But he was trying to lay a, another foundation, which was fine. So we just don't have enough time to do everything. But I appreciate you hitting that pointed like you just did. I just want people to know that I'm not making this up. Every single aspect, and by the way, uh, Brother um, Bobby, I didn't even name finish name. Let me just do this out of curiosity. I mean, out of um, out of just uh, let me just finish this really quick, and you just hold that thought. But we mentioned. Uh, uh, um, Science and technology, housing, accommodation, and zoning. Folks, I'm a minute finished at this little 30, uh, Expo 30 real quick. And 20 seconds, I'll let Brother Bobby finish. But okay. uh, also, there's accommodation and zoning. There's transportation. There's environmental issues. There's agriculture. Culture, there's beauty and fashion. There's economics where it relates to labor. Economics where it relates to billing of us, assessing us, charging us, debt, penalties. And then there's economics where it relates to financial access. That's what this brother's talking about right now. And then the last one is economics where it relates to secrets and wisdom and strategies. We are not made privy of a lot of that information. Go ahead. I just have to get that out. Okay. No problem. <clears throat> and we got to understand the construct as far as home ownership before uh, the legislation of the New Deal back in you know, the, the 1940s, the early 1940s, specifically 
right after World War II because back then, in order for someone to purchase a home, you had to put down 30, even 50% down to buy a home. But let's keep in mind the, the, the amount of money to be able to purchase a home back then don't compare to what's going on right now because money had more value back then. So, therefore, you could have you almost a mansion for $10,000. So that, that's, the, that, that's the comparison. But for, you know, money purposes and the big picture purpose, I want to make sure that I drive home the fact that when the soldiers, our soldiers, and black folks have always done this, it did not matter because all we wanted was an opportunity. And so when we went into the service, we went over and fought these wars just like our white brothers and sisters. But when we came home, we did not get extended the same privileges as our white there brothers and sisters. So here, here's how it, it, it broke down. And, and this was the seeds or the beginnings of redlining. Whenever the white boy would come home, he would get extended an FHA loan. When we come home, of course, we wanted to purchase a home, but guess what they did, Seth? They didn't allow us to have an FHA loan, but what they did was they pointed us and geared us, watch this, closer into the inner city. They put the white families on the outskirts in the suburbs. So, therefore, whenever you would start redlining, because that's where redlining began during that period, when it was the separation of the white families and the black families. You put the white families in the suburbs. You put all the black folks, as many as you could possibly put them, in the center of the city, a.k.a. the ghetto. So, therefore, even if they offered us, quote, unquote, affordable housing, it came at the hands of predatory loans back then. Case in point, if if we wanted to buy a home for $5,000, not only would they make us put 50% down, but they would also, too, on the remaining balance and other fees that they would add on to this particular loan, the interest rate would be anywhere from 25, 35, even somewhere in the neighborhood of 40%. Wow. Wow. And here's the thing, thing, Seth. This didn't happen by way of the quote-unquote Ku Klux Klan. This happened by virtue of our good old U.S. government. So when we we seeing the after effects, we're seeing the residue. We are seeing that you know all of the fruit, and we're trying to digest and understand why we're seeing what we're seeing today. With this stuff, what we're seeing right now did not happen overnight. This was a systematic plan, step by step, and time over time, and and then step after step. This has been a systematic way to actually destroy people. And by the time we recognize what's going on, uh, I'm not saying it's too late, but we really have to go in complete reverse. That's why these laws that, that will come up talking about redlining, some of the first redlining laws came on the books during the 60s. That didn't work. 
they wind up trying to revise it back in the 70s. It didn't work. 80s, it didn't work. 90s, it didn't work. And guess what? In the 2000s, when the housing crash uh, started, how the housing market and the, the, that, that whole mortgage system crashed was by way of the sale of these predatory loans that started with us black folks. They made a ton of money off of us because we just didn't know no better. And what would happen is, and I remember this distinctly, Brother Seth, they would hire more black loan officers. I want you to understand how evil this game is. They would hire more black loan officers to entice more of us to actually come in these offices because, man, we have been sold the bill of goods called the American dream. Part of the American dream is owning a home. Who would not want to own a home, especially the way that they sold it, because part of your wealth portfolio would include owning a home. So here it is. They're going to lower the standards as far as being able to qualify for a loan but then the interest rates would be absolutely ridiculous, Brother Seth. Now, this is on a 30-year mortgage. It was nothing unusual to see 8 9 10% on a 30-year loan. But guess what? It gets even more ridiculous. They came out okay. with this arm. They came out with this product called an arm or an adjustable rate mortgage. Mortgage, the, right. The, Yep. <clears throat> so it may, that the interest rate may start out for the first two years at a at a reasonable six percent. Right. But in year three, it has jumped up to eight percent. Year four, it's done jumped up to nine point five percent. By that time, that family cannot they can't afford the mortgage payment on that particular home. They can't get refinanced because they done fell behind so so far as far as making the payments are concerned. The credit get destroyed. Now, I'm going to tell you how evil the game is, Brother Seth. Mm. These same homes that a lot of us went and bought with these predatory loans, adjustable rate mortgages, with these high interest rates, when the bank repossessed them, the bank talking about they lost money. Brother Seth, here's the reality of our money system. We don't have money. We have currency. And when you are operating on the basis of currency and the only value that your currency has is a people's belief in it and there's nothing backing it up because the gold standard was taken away by the Bretton Woods Act by way of Richard Nixon back in the 70s. So there's no real tangible value, value as far as our dollars are concerned. So that means when the bank start punching these numbers inside of, of a computer, there's nothing there. But guess what, Brother Seth? They punched in these imaginary numbers inside this computer, and when you do not take your hard-earned money and pay them because times done got hard, people were losing their jobs, they can't make mm. the payment, Guess what the bank does? They actually, because you did not make a payment on an imaginary money loan, no problem, they come and get your tangible asset, which is your home. 
And you mean to tell me that when the Most High, when he's ready to render his wrath, the first ones going are the ones who have been in control of this whole system from day one. There have been divorces. People killed themselves, brother. I'm telling you. I believe you. It got nasty out here, man. And who paid for it the most? We did. Let me ask you something. Uh, Brother Patterson, I appreciate you going into that. You're hitting it really hard, and I don't think maybe I make myself clear earlier, but this is how I wanted to hit it. Just, just again, we want to show the disparity. What whites go through, we understand their pain. We do. We go through what they go through, plus. I want to just talk about the plus right now. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you hitting that. Now, why do you think it is? Why do you think it is? Again, we have named, and I don't want to go through all of the dirty, but we, 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 we have named areas where we suffer far more than our brothers and sisters in, 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 of our white counterparts in history, education, religion, social, identity, health and medicine, imagery, financial, uh, family dynamics, nutrition, uh, laws, bylaws, uh, law enforcement. Now we're talking about finances. There's 30 of them. That's what we call Expo 30. And now we're talking about finances. And this brother is really pulling back the cover off of this whole economic uh, uh, this particular area where um, the mortgage is concerned and predator lending. Now, why do you think it is? Why do you think, how can people in the boardroom put these kind of laws out there, put these arms out there, accelerated uh, mortgages, how can they do that knowing that this is going to one day cripple a people? Uh, 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 why would they target certain people with these arms, with these accelerated mortgages? I mean, why? What, what, what is the teaching? Now, I've heard things like this as far as the oppression in these 30 areas. I've heard things like, well, they just a bunch of, you know, there's all types of, uh, you know, names, but basically they're saying they're not like us. They're not like us. They're different. They're not like us. But, but in addition to what I've heard, what have you heard as to why they do that? Ooh, well, I mean, we can we can compartmentalize uh, so many areas of this conversation, uh, but ultimately, when I say those who are in control of this whole system, let, let me bring it. Let me let me bring it to 2016 and what we're dealing with right now. And this is why we have to be conscious about not only what we do but more importantly, how we think. And don't be afraid to do the research because at least right now, you know, we have at our access the Internet. And on the Internet, you can just about find anything that you want to find. So I'm going to say this. Right now, uh, there is a movement, and, 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 I, and I like it overall, you know, a, a, a new heightened consciousness of where we spend our money, where we spend our dollars. And that's fine, okay. and that's great. And one of the biggest moves is, uh, you know, everyone telling, you know, folks telling everybody, okay, you know, find a black bank and move money into the into these black banks. 
cosmetically, that really sounds good, Brother Self, because the whole intention is is that if you go and you patronize these particular banks and you put your money into it, then they would perhaps be more inclined to actually lend more and more opportunities as far as community development. On paper, Brother Seth, that sounds real good, but here's the problem. Whether it's a white-owned bank, black-owned bank, Chinese-owned bank in this country, the bottom line is this. If your bank is connected to the Federal Reserve, it don't matter who your color is because they still own it all. And that, you know, some folks get upset at me when I talk this way, but this is the truth. We don't have any ownership in that particular system, none whatsoever. So when folks talk about we're we going we gonna to move millions of dollars into these black banks, not a problem. But the jokers that own the Federal Reserve is still sitting back laughing. Now, who are some of these families that actually own the Federal Reserve? You could talk about the Rothschilds. You could talk about the Rockefellers. And when you examine and go back into their bloodline, they were some of the same folks that owned these same ships that brought our people through these waters in the transatlantic slave trade and brought them on this shore. So, therefore, some of the same folk, the same families and the same bloodlines that own this whole stinking banking financial system are the same families and bloodlines that actually went and stole our people from that land, brought them over here, because they know who we are, Brother Self, if we just uh-huh. gonna be honest. Right. We can't we can't we can't have an honest conversation and ask the question why and not get to the truth of the why. And I love my people. And right now, I think out of all of the awakenings that have taken place so far, I think this one may be the most effective. Yeah, it's a tad bit disorganized right now. And yeah, now what, what, what are you talking about? Make it clear, make it clear, because everybody's on the same page. What do you mean? What awakening are you talking about? Well, the awakening right now in, in, in regards to, you know, uh, folks being more quote-unquote conscious as far as black is concerned. Um, okay. And, that 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 and, and you know entrepreneurship. You're hearing that language now, and, and I love it. And I'm I'm all for entrepreneurship. Um, but what I'm even more for is that when we go past the surface of uh, of dealing with you know the money and the entrepreneurship, uh-huh. when we really find out when we really find out who we are, not from an aspect of pride and being arrogant. But as a responsibility, we, we a, a, as a people, for the most part, and here's what we got to understand, Brother Seth, uh, everybody uh, of melanin origin in this country, you know, they didn't come from the slave trade. There were black folks already here. When you do proper research, yes, there, some, of, some, some, some black folks are already here. That's an entirely different bloodline in a lot of cases. But okay. we cannot neglect. We cannot neglect and turn away 
and hide and not think that a good portion of us, if we actually search out our bloodlines, and when I say that, you know, it's going to come down to maybe perhaps getting some DNA tests done. I did that. So I can talk about that a little bit more firmly now because there's just some things that I needed to know for me. When you begin to understand, you know, how the diaspora, how has this taken place, when the promise, the prophecy was that he was going to scatter us in the four corners of the earth, when you begin to really study and understand the different captivities and how we even got to this particular point, you know, you're looking at what's going on, it is real easy to get emotional about it. But then also at the same time, too, if you understand, uh, have some understanding of the book and the scriptures, and you're looking at what's going on now, and I walk away a lot of times saying, Brother Seth, the time is drawing near. The time is drawing near. But we cannot get ourselves so caught up in whatever we think is coming that we do not effectively and intelligently deal with what's going on right now. Because right now... Let, 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 go ahead. Right go now. Go ahead, brother. Well, you just said a lot, and I want to hit some hard and clear because we got all kinds of people listening. Even with my family, I don't always go as deep as probably I should. Some of them know what I know. Some of them probably know more than I know. And some of them don't know what I know. But um, what, what this brother is saying, one of the things he is saying is, I heard him say, it's good that we want to be entrepreneurs and all this, but he'd like to go a little bit past the the the, 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 the surface and, and, and go a little deeper into who we are. And what he said before that was that a lot of our presses, they know exactly who we are. Remember at the beginning of the show, I said that a lot of people, our enemies are, our enemies are. Um, I said this at the beginning of the show, our enemies are lies, which is 100% false information, deception, which is half and half, half truth, half deception, and ignorance, which is no information. These are how people are are punishing us or oppressing us through either. Sometimes they push ignorance. Ignorance can can be promoted. It can be pushed. Ignorance, just keep them in the dark, keep them in the dark. And then the other one, I talked about evil spirits. Sometimes there is uh, fallen angels that have to do with our oppression. These four things, entities, is why we suffer as a nation. And I brought up this Expo 30 to show you there's 30 areas, distinctly 30 areas, where it is saturated with lies, deception, ignorance, and evil spirits, even working in people like this brother was just describing. He should know now. This is the man that, that ran his own mortgage company. He should know. And you heard Brother John earlier hit it a little bit. Uh, and those of you that's listening on the uh, phone lines, uh, on the uh, list to the show, you clicked on the link, you got to call the phone line quickly. Again, if you clicked on the show with a hyperlink, you did not call the, 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 one, the 914 number. You must do that now quickly, okay, as you will be disconnected. At 10 o'clock, it's going to disconnect you. You have to call the phone number, which is that 914 number uh, on your ad there. But this brother just laid it out really nice. Brother Bobby just laid it out really nice. 
of the, these people, and he talked about going deeper beyond the surface. Surface, and he was talking about folks. Those of you that don't understand what he meant, we are Israel. We are the people of that Bible, and I, we can't get into it tonight because tonight we want to just show you a nation, a large army of people that is full of deception, and we're not talking about no white people. We are talking about anybody that believe this lie can practice white supremacy or racism, black inferiority, same thing. Our own people believe this lie and is oppressing us in various uh, areas of those 30 areas I named. You don't have to have no whites around to feel pain and to see even sometimes bloodshed, death, from our own people believing that they are inferior because they've been chewing on white supremacy all their life. They've been taught to disvalue themselves. Our young boys is classic example, taking each other's lives over nothing because they're watching TV and they're seeing they don't have no value. Their parents, some of their parents are, are hardworking people, but they believe in the philosophy of white supremacy. And they ain't just going to come out and just say that like that. But if you watch their behaviors and, and what they say in the names, calling each other nigger after two thousands of years of that, Almost well, a couple thousand years of that since the 1600s. They, for African American to use that on the send it to another person, that's a dead person in their mind. I don't care what they're trying to how they spell it. N i g g a n i g g e r. That's some sick, sick stuff right there. And it ain't just yes, thugs. It's it's Christians. It's believers. It's pastors. It's Sometimes doctors and lawyers, this is a sickness we have, and it stands for white supremacy. And, and, and you know, again, you don't even need whites around for that. And not all white people, by the way, we got to make this clear, not all white people are pushing white supremacy. Some of them are the ones that's doing some of this teaching I'm doing right now. Not all white people are students in the world of white supremacy, it's like back black and fear, they believe blacks are equal. They believe they come from blacks. So those particular whites can never really preach white supremacy as long as they got that revelation that they come from black. Now, you know, they ain't totally 100% free. They'll say things here and there just like I do. I say things here and there, and I say, oh, that was white supremacy. This thing is bigger than just... White power. We're not talking about Hitler them. I'm not talking about them white supremacists. I'm talking about everyday good people, God-fearing, church-toting, Bible-toting, tongue-talking sometimes. I'm talking about good people that's white supremacy tonight. I'm talking about good people that mean well, that is oppressing our people to this philosophy. This brother talking about redlining. Did y'all hear this brother just now? Brother Bobby just got through hitting it very hard. This is just ugly what you just presented, brother. That's very sad that people are enslaving folks through money like that. Go ahead. I just had to lay that foundation. Brother said, um, you know, you had brought up, you know, how, you know, we don't value one another. And unfortunately, 
that that was inbred in, in a lot of us. Now, here, here's a good question that, that I ask a lot of people, because I have dialogue with, with, with white folks, because I like to see how they're thinking, and I like to say things to make them think, so it, it, it gives an opportunity for self-examination. And, you know, I, I, I'm former military, and, you know, I, I really hurt for those sur- soldiers that, that especially during the, the Iraqi war, the, the, the Afghanistan conflict, man, they saw a lot over there. And a lot of them suffer by virtue of post-traumatic syndrome. Yes. I mean, you yes. see some horrific stuff. And they yes. may have been over there for a year or two. And I think it's very valid that when they come home, man, they they need some help. They need some help. Now yes. watch this, brother. Sister. Watch this. How many women that go over there and experience that They've only been over there for a year or two. Now, some folks say only a year or two because they seem like a very long time. Watch this. What do you say to a people who had experienced that for over 400 years? Don't oh, you think goodness. they need some help too? Yeah. Man, we have been broken down and traumatized to our very core, and it just doesn't go away overnight. A lot of the behavior that you see our people exhibit sometimes, man, trust me, it doesn't travel through bloodlines. There are scientific studies that has now verified that trauma has impact on DNA and can actually be passed on to generations. So you can't tell me that a lot of what we're seeing today is the after effects of trauma just on that alone, on top of the fact that, like you said, Brother Seth, we don't value and love each other the way that we're supposed to, and there is a particular word that the Most High would not let me turn loose for the last three, four months now, and it's real simple. It's honor. We don't honor one another the way that we're supposed to, Brother Seth. I see some of the stuff online. I see some of the conversations on Facebook. And, it's, I mean, they get nasty. And we talking to one another like, you know, we're just pure scum of the earth. I'm, I'm, it's, it's just amazing to me. And so, therefore, when we live a life of dishonor, it is unreasonable to think that any good is going to come out of that. But so I'm going to take it a little, just a little bit further as far as okay. a reference to honor is concerned. Tell you how okay. deep this thing is, man. You know, um, my family and I, we, we actually went on vacation um, back in July. And one okay. night we was in the room. We was in the room and we were flicking through the, the TV channels and actually happened to land on some show. Um, I think it's called the Rap Game. Jermaine Dupree from Atlanta. He he get these kids together and and more or less you know through a competition you know they win a record contract. So okay. on this on this particular episode, you know 
that, that there was about five or six of these kids that was left. And the next challenge or the next competition, now watch this, brother, sir. And I don't know why I had not paid attention to this before, but I don't know. It just hit me like a ton of bricks that night. The competition, their next challenge was to actually perform a rap. This is after they done got to know their, their, I guess, their their roommates and and getting to know some things about them. But the next challenge, the next challenge, they were to actually perform a rap totally disregarding and what we may call dissing the other individual <laughs> and talk about how much better that they how much better they are than the next person. Now brother Sir, you know, I have been listening, you know, hip hop is about forty years old, give or take a few years. Okay. And some some of the most popular records were diss records where they was talking or degrading the next person and, and, and basically bragging about how much better they were than the next person. Then we graduated from dissing, the brothers dissing one another, to now we done graduated and we started talking about the women. And they started, and then we started talking about them being B's and, and, and H's. I'm, I'm really using yep, clean language yep, here because yep. I don't want to yep. offend nobody. I just want you to understand the graduation of this honor that we have cultivated through the years. And so now it is no wonder that a 15-year-old kid can look their mother in the face and cuss them out like they some hood rat out in the street. Because we have actually helped create, cultivate, and, and nurture a culture of dishonor. And so, therefore, we have a lot of folk, Brother Seth, who are just bitter. They don't even understand why they are bitter. They're bitter because their mama didn't do them right. Daddy done left. And that, that's an entirely different conversation all within itself. Because, brother, as far as our men are concerned, we hold the biggest responsibility in this whole deal. Because a lot of times when Israel was punished, if you search the scriptures, it was because Israel went to whoring. Well, guess who was doing the whoring? It had nothing to do with the women. He never did address the women. It was always the men. So we we, we, we got something to answer, answer for, Brother Seth. And when he said, and, uh, and uh, I, I, know, I know people listening and they're wondering what he mean by whoring. Explain that. Whoring you don't mean sexually. You, you, I'm sure it includes yeah. sexually, but it's not just sexual. It, it Go includes, ahead. Yeah. yeah, it includes, but not limited to sexual activity, but also the worshiping and the clamoring and the, 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 the ultimate worship of, of other deities. We were famous for doing that. We learned all this culture in, in, in the first captivity in Egypt, and we took that, and unfortunately, we ain't learned our lesson, and we helped spread some of that stuff throughout the world. But, yes, we have, because America is the biggest voice, and whatever we do, yeah. folks, 
this is really more complicated than I thought, to be honest with you, because we can't get away. <laughs> in one regard, family, friends, we have a this conversation is split into two, and it has to be almost, because I'm trying to nail down the difference between our treatment and our white brothers and sisters' treatment. And there is a major, major difference in the way we're handled by our government and private sector. We are experiencing racism in every one of those 30 areas. But at the same time, because of who we are in this nation, being the true people of the book, the Bible did say certain things we was going to go through if we disobey the Father. So some of this is brought on by sheer prophecy and what the Father said he will allow to happen to us. I guess what we can take away from this show tonight, and we'll continue to hit swing at this like we're doing right now, is this twofold. There is white supremacy against all minorities. Not everybody in this country is necessarily Israel. We don't believe that. We don't believe all blacks are Israelites because there's a lot of Africans in this nation, too. They just come over. And like the brother was saying, there's some blacks that was here before, you know, probably through Indians, blah, 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 blah. But the vast majority of African Americans, I'm sure he would agree, came over in slave ships. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 68, that Israel will be put in slave ships. The Jews, as we know them in Israel today, were never put in slave ships. So we believe we're Israel, not just because of their one prophecy about slave ships and being slaves put in boats or ships. That's one prophecy. But there's many other prophecies. I count over 300 that we actually live out. But the Bible says when we begin to go through these prophecies, this, when we begin to live in this country where he would have driven us, certain things will happen to us. And some of this stuff we're going over talking about tonight in these 30 areas is nothing more than his punishment. But still, the tool of his punishment the tool that whites are using to punish us, to, the tool that we are puni- using to punish each other has its roots, Brother Bobby, in white supremacy. Mm-hmm. All yeah, the right. time we, may, we we say stuff like, look at your big lips, your black self, go look at you. Uh, uh, self-hate is birthed through years and years of seeing white entertainment. Like, I'm over 50. When I was coming up, all our programming was white. Very rare that we see blacks on TV. So we develop a self-hate that wasn't to stop. Probably until many of us have died. We just see, some of us see that blonde hair is better. Blue eyes is better. Even these young people saying that. You know, you don't see a bunch of white people going out and getting all these color eyes like we're doing. They are doing it, but not like we're doing it, getting all these colored hairs like we're doing. I mean, they do stuff with their hair, too. Don't get me wrong. But we are trying to be like them. Our women, and not all our women, but a lot of them are trying to emulate white women. You know, and so black men, even even the whole gang thing. It's, you know, before there was black gangsters, there was white gangsters. And a lot of times you watch Babyface baby Nelson and the way they dress and look at these boys in the hood. What's the most popular movie among the thugs? Scarface. Every, 
It's like you ain't a true thug <laughs> if you ain't got to move the Scarface in your house. Yeah, well, you ain't, if you ain't seen Scarface, you ain't, you ain't about that life. <laughs> right, right, absolutely, absolutely. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's exactly, I like how you put that. <laughs> but that's what they, people don't know that a lot of our older people may not have heard what we just said, but I promise you, I've heard a thousand times from people, uh, uh, a certain age group, Scarface, where are they getting that from? Scarface, the way they act, you know, um, you know, when somebody gets killed, sending their condolences to the funeral, all this stuff is these mob. They get that from the whites. They Listen, pretty much, if we don't stick to the ancient cultures and the scriptures, what other culture do we have to emulate but our, but what our white brothers and sisters? So we are white people, really and truly, in a sense, culturally, mentally, I'm talking about mentally. All we know is white supremacy. All we know is white culture. That's why we and Africans don't get along, because they come over, and some of them are whitewashed, too. Lots of them are. But some of them hold more true to their native, and they, and they bump heads with our culture. That's why a lot of Africans don't want to fool with us, because we are literally white people. We hate Africa. We say we ain't from Africa. We don't We don't treasure nothing in Africa. We don't want to go to Africa. We don't see nothing great, nothing pride. You'll never hear us boasting about Africa. It's, it's a hatred, a built-in hatred we have for things of African descent. So, yes, at one point we're just suffering because of the penalties. Now, I know somebody's hearing all this and they're probably saying, well, what's the solution? You say a brother on your show, you're going to have some solutions. So let's hit that a little bit because I don't want to wrap this show without talking about the solution. Folks, while I, I'm going to say this, and I want to hear what Brother Bobby has to say about this because I know he always got something to say, especially on the solution. I would say this. What we've been talking about tonight is a nation. Suffering, a nation, a nation. You heard the brother mention earlier about us being Israelites. The show is really not to talk about that per se. It's to, it's to highlight these 30 areas where there's this great disparity. But the solution is for this nation. Number one, Second Chronicles 7.14. For the nation, mm-hmm. it says, if my people, which are called by my name, which is us, folks, we're the people of that Bible, we're the only people called by his name. He wrote this one before any other nation, before whites even was even a nation in the Europe. So they can't, it can't be them. If my people, which are called by my name, it's only one people called by his name, Israel. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, that's a big one, and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then he would talk about restoring us. Okay, again, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, that's nation talk. He'll heal a nation. So if that nation don't do that and it looks like we won't, they're going to continue to walk in all of those prophecies throughout the scriptures, especially Deuteronomy 28, like slave ships, young men being taken to captivity, having a wife, but another nation would be with that woman, own that woman. And we still don't own our women, really. You really look deep at that. But I ain't going to hit that right now. So, Brother <laughs> brother Bobby, I want to hear what you got to say about this. What is the solution? Again, individually, while the nation is going through pain individually, if you fear God, 
worship him, and do what the scriptures say. You can be blessed individually, but yes. you will mourn yes. for your nation like the greatest person ever walked this planet, Christ. The only time he cried, the short scripture in the verse, Jesus wept, is when he saw the pain of his nation, the unbelief of his nation, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, and he brought him to tears. You will be brought to tears by your nation, no matter how powerful and free and blessed, blessed, blessed you are. We want you to be blessed. We encourage all of the listeners, if you don't know who the Father is, get to know who he is. So we're definitely pushing individual blessings. But this conversation tonight is about a nation, a people, a group of people. And, Brother Bobby, what do you have to say as a solution to not just the finances you're talking about, you talked about, but all of these areas of life where our people are just suffering in every tiny aspect yeah. of life, like I said earlier, wherever there's breathing humans. Well, uh, Brother Seth, when you stated Second Chronicles seven fourteen, that that's that's ultimately the the the, the big deal. Uh, but um, right now, uh, if we can just get to a place where we can just learn to respect and love one another, because we're in a lot of pain, Brother Seth, we're in a lot of pain, man. Um, I don't know if, if you, uh, you know, mind me actually talking about my website um, because it actually, it, it, it deals with this stuff. Um, right now, uh, the, the type of content that I have on the website, uh, it deals specifically um, not only with entrepreneurship, uh, but also to get us to start to thinking about, uh, our mindset as far as no longer being a victim. So the website is thevictimnomore.com. Um, and I also have a um, fan page for that particular website. But some of the things. Read, that say I it again, say it again. Uh, the website is thevictimnomore.com. Okay, I like and that. And I also have, and, um, also have a Facebook uh, fan page. Uh, by that name as well, um, but right now because I'm I'm actually doing this by the lead another father, it's just right now just laying foundation, just so we can just stand up and just recognize, brother Seth, the beauty that's within us, man. Mm. We've been so accustomed, we've been so accustomed, man, to watching other folk make it and emulating the oppressor that we tend to forget the power, the beauty, the love, the You're on to something. You're on to something, brother. The, the, the absolute uh, master workmanship that he placed within us that before any of this uh, racism, white supremacy came on the scene, we were the standard. We have to get back to appreciating and loving one another and honoring one another, man, and understand that there is greatness within us. And guess what? We can be great without compromising ourselves, without dishonoring ourselves. When we start getting going back in that direction, then we're going. Then I'm start laying foundation as far as scriptures are concerned. Because what has happened, brother Seth, in the traditional 2016 version of church, we so concentrated on trying to get blessed 
that we done totally left behind righteousness. We so busy trying to keep up with everybody else that we hadn't got the clue yet that we can't do what everybody else does because we wind up paying a bigger price. You would think a light bulb would go off and say, wait a minute, hold up. Something is not right here. Yeah. But I, I did, and I really highlight uh, uh, men, our, our men and women, uh, even young young kids. I got I got stories dealing with the kids um, on the fan page where you know a mother, a single mother, saw that her son wanted to buy these Air Jordans, and instead of buying him those Air Jordans, she actually made him invest into Nike and start buying stock. Those are the type of stories that I highlight. You know, those are the type of issues that I deal with. <clears throat> now, say your, say your website one more time. I want you to get that uh, out there really clear. Uh, com. All right. And um, in, in, in the near future, I will be doing a podcast as well. And um, I also offer different tools as far as from financial literacy is concerned um, in respect to building, uh, you know, a business. You know, and I understand, Brother Seth, that everybody is is not destined to be an entrepreneur. But I do believe that everybody needs to have more than just one income. And so, you know, I try to help foster that particular type of atmosphere. And for those of us who have actually been called to entrepreneurship, you know, it, it, it is our duty to become the example and show our children and show other people, hey, look, we don't have to depend on a system that absolutely 100% hate us because ain't nothing worse than having to depend on your oppressor for your sustaining, for, for, for you to be able to take care of yourself. So uh, those are the type of things that I deal with, Brother Seth. We I'm turning the mirror back on us, not only from a place of being accountable for the stuff that we do wrong, but also we need to look in the mirror and be able to see the beauty that we have within ourselves as well. Man, we got to do that. Ain't nobody else going to do that. Everybody else hates us. Yeah. Well, I'll say this about that particular statement. I, I've heard, uh, I remember, I would say the, I would say those that believe in white supremacy hate us. And I'm yeah, not even yeah, saying yeah, hate, yeah, I, just, yeah, I would just say put it back. Bring the balance through that statement. <laughs> yeah, because when I went to, when I first got hired on, I remember a long time ago, I, 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 I got hired at American Airlines. A black lady told me something that I found to be profound. She says, well, she says, I see you like to travel a little bit. She said, you will find we are loved everywhere in the world but here. And I found that to be true. And what it is is here, America, is thick white supremacy. So even black on black love for black is hard because of the philosophy. If I, if I keep saying this one more time, I don't say it about a hundred times a night, it's a philosophy and it could be believed by anybody. And we are hurting yep. each other with this philosophy more than even whites hurting us. That is the philosophy. The white is superior, black is inferior. 
Sometimes you just hear black is inferior. You don't hear the white is superior part. You just hear black folk making fun of black folk, telling them how dirty they are. This, this is talking about comments like one, one person told me, white ain't never done nothing to me. It's just in black folk. And this is a girlfriend I had, and, and of course she was a girlfriend because that, well, actually well, that statement was one of the reasons. She could not see oppression except from black people. And she was living, she was experiencing it all day long. I would watch her, but she could not see it. And she, the same person made the comment of, I don't want to live in Atlanta, Georgia. That's too black. I mean, how can you say a place is too black? Only a white racist person would make a comment like that. But it's not necessarily a white racist person. It's just a person that believe in white supremacy. Because there's some whites that would never make that statement. They can go live in Atlanta. Yeah. There's some whites that, that would live in Atlanta and never would make the comment out of their mouth that it's too black. It's not all white people that feel uncomfortable when they get around black. Sometimes it's black. That's right. So this, what That's God right. showed me, brother, what God showed me, brother, Bob, and I want you to finish what you're saying because you're doing a very good job. And then we can wrap this up. But i got to say this, folks. i got to nail this down. If If nothing else tonight, I didn't know we didn't get into the 30 areas. I know we couldn't. It's just too many. But we hit finances pretty hard. So maybe next time we get into the other 26 areas. But, folks, if I don't nail nothing else down, you've got to understand this. Only God can save us. This is a deep ill. This is a deep sickness that we have. This brother was talking about earlier. This, this, we, we're not doing good. I hate to be negative and like, you know, because I like to be positive. The positive thing is there's hope. We can turn to the Father. He can yeah. restore us individually. And then we can pray for our nation. Because he did say two ways we'll be delivered. One of them was Second Chronicles 7.14. I just quoted that earlier. But then there was another time he said he would have mercy upon us after the oppressor began to boast and say, look at what we're doing to them. He would have mercy upon in us. But he would only resurrect at that point resurrect a remnant, a portion of us, a portion of us, and it's got to be those of us that's crying after him and living for him. So either way it goes, we're not going to all be destroyed by this system. Some of us will be salvaged, but unfortunately, many of us will perish, either physically or mentally, or both. So I just uh, had to say that, folks, and if we've done a good job tonight, you should see very clearly that our enemy is truly ignorance, lies, deception, and e- and evil spirits using people to oppress us. It's just that it's just that's that's our enemy, <laughs> okay. And one of the lies is white supremacy. One of the deception is white supremacy. Okay, I, I can't can't hit that no harder. But go ahead, brother. I just had to jump in there and say that I want to keep bringing that balance that <sighs> Oh, I know I was saying about the sister on my job saying that uh, we're not hated everywhere. We're not hated everywhere. I'm telling you, brother, when I begin to go to these countries, and, and you know, I'm telling you, one of the things that blew my, me away was how much I was loved, even in Europe, even in uh, uh, Paris. You know, how I thought that, you know, when I would go to the uh, or, or the Muslim countries, I thought they would be hating blacks. Muslims don't have issues with black people. They have issues with white nope. skin. The, the, the most hated people, unfortunately, it's the truth right here, folks. The most hated people on the face of this earth is not black people because they, the they are the earth. 
It's more dark skinned people than anybody. They don't, that's not it. It's whites. They want America. America. They want. They want to come here for our stuff. But they killing white people. White people can't just get up and go over to Egypt. Go over to Iraq. They can't. You can. African American can. But if whites go, they either kill them or they try to grab them for ransom. And that's not. I'm not trying to pick on white people. Like that, but I'm just saying they're the most hated people. And it's not. It's not points for blacks and nothing like that. I'm just telling the truth. They hate America. They hate what it stands for. They call it a whore, the great whore. They can't stand our hypocrisy. They can't stand how we try to dominate. So they hate the white man, you know. But in this country, Brother Bobby is right. We are the most hated, even by our own selves, because of white supremacy. Absolutely. <clears throat> Brother Seth, I'm, I'm going to need to get off this phone here, but uh, I, I just want to just, just, just leave you with, with this. We're in a time now that I, I, I've never seen before, but by virtue of racism, white supremacy, you know, we hate each other. A lot of us hate each other. And you see it more so now between our men and our women. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Here's the reality, and this is where we gonna have. This is just what it is. If we're ever, ever, ever gonna have an opportunity to rise and actually heal as a people, mm-hmm. we need one. Another, if our healing ain't gonna come from nobody else, I, I, you know, and there's no shade to anybody else that uh, in interracial relationships that that's 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 something personal, but brother Seth, the the vitriol that we see between one another is, is incredible. You got you got you got guys out here who have created a huge social media following based on their hatred of a black woman. And these supposed to they're supposed to be brothers, our brothers. No, we're not gonna make it if we fall into that trap right there. Mm. We're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it. We're gonna fail miserably. And the sad part is that everybody else will come by and pick up the pieces and profit from it. So we need to wake up and wake up quick. So whoever's on this call, just want to let you know I love each and every one of you. Um, and, and in the words of George Wallace, you know, it's nothing that you can do about it. That's just the way that it is. And I hope that I brought something valuable to you, something of value uh, during this conversation this evening. Brother Seth, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak. And um, hopefully here in the near future, maybe perhaps I'll be able to do it again. Um, but I enjoy myself. I enjoy being able to, to share just a little bit. I, you know, I don't know a whole lot, Brother Seth, but what I do know, I know. And I don't mind sharing it, man, because, you know, at once upon a time, we didn't know what we know. Somebody had to share with us. Somebody had to at least ignite our thinking and made us go and research these things out for ourselves. Yes, so, yes, and, yes. And I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. Well, 
Well, listen, thank you very much, Brother Bobby, and I'll be in touch with you in there. I've tried to pull up your website, Victim No More. Maybe I'm typing in wrong, but is it VictimNoMore.com? The Victim. You're leaving out the V. T-H-E, VictimNoMore.com. Okay. Okay, gotcha. All right, brother. Well, listen, God bless, and we'll talk later, okay? All right. Be blessed. Bye-bye. All right. Peace. Well, that was the one and only victim to Victorious. That's his, that's his uh, uh, name on the Internet, but we go, he definitely goes by Bobby Patterson, and you heard him put out his website. Go check him out, folks. It's the real deal. Uh, so that man right there is the real deal, along with Brother John. Um, so listen, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this show, folks. We didn't get a chance to get to all 30 areas. I knew we wouldn't. It's just impossible. I was, my goal was to try to hit five minutes on each one of them, but we was unable to accomplish that. Listen, uh, the goal was to bring hit, hit y'all with all 30 at one time, and I think that's impossible. It's just too much pain, really. But I was going to try to spend about five minutes on each one of those areas and just let you see the snakes in every tiny area of those uh, 30. Uh, not tiny, but every area of those 30 uh, areas. But anyway, you've been listening to the Expo 30, and we're going to do a part two, three, maybe four if we have to. Uh, because I want to nail down every one of these 30 areas and show you how there is a great disparity. It is not nowhere near no level playing field. Whoever said that is out of a cuckoo. Well, I don't mean no harm, but they are really off. And another thing I want to do is just try to let y'all see all of this at one time because the news only give us one story at a time, but our reality is not one story at a time. All this stuff is happening to us daily, every day, all day in these areas. And if one would just look at it and quit running from truth and just look at it, it would scare the hell out of you and you would say, who are we? Why are we going through this? Why are we treated like this? And then you would start looking to the scriptures and other places. And then when you hear people like Brother Seth and Brother Bobby and brother, the other brother, Brother John talk about, and all the other brothers that's called this show and sisters as well, y'all heard us talk about this now for years, about us being Israel. It won't be so silly then once you see that you shouldn't have no trust in this system. This show should break all trust in the system. And forget this nonsense that most people don't ain't saying what y'all saying. Most people say the Jews this most pe- you cannot trust what most people say because most people don't read. Most people don't research. Most people ain't even quoting the scripture. They just following A B C C B S whatever they say. Well, we don't do that. We go a little deeper into the scripture. So check out these things that we put out to you today and see if they be so. See if they be so. I love every single one of y'all. Yes, I do. And there is nothing you can do about it. I'm going to say the same thing the brother said earlier, which I've said on the show for years now. Good night. And let's see, I want to um, to just, let's see here. I want this one song. Here we go. You know, as a people, we have to get back to one word, yes. We have to say that to the Father. And this 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 last song is going to do just that. It's going to just let us know how much uh, we need to say yes. Listen to this song. Can you really sing this song and mean it from your heart? Well, when you do, family, this is when we'll be able to uh, overcome as a nation, not just individually, but as a nation. Good night. Mm-hmm. 
just say yes You lead the way I'm not afraid of what it means for me to say That this life you gave Is not my own I'm trusting you to hear my yes And lead me on Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, my life is You say 